tuning in. We found the source. Just turn it on and it just turns my day around. His name is Jesus. This really changed my life and changed me for the better. Your search is over. WIAM 101.1 FM. The Way. Current events. Personal values. Political and social issues. Technology. Wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Multiple countries have one big problem with Israel. Could common sense finally transcend political boundaries? Can we officially say common sense has left the Church of England? And if you've been feeling queasy lately, that's probably not your stomach, but the Earth's tummy. Those are just some of the things we'll discuss as we look at the signs of the times. Our weekly take on Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news for Friday, February 17th, 2023. Episode 251 is all you need to remember if you want to listen to this again or share with a friend by recommending our podcast. Available where all the cool kids have their popular podcasts. (laughs) We list those sources in the Signs of the Times section at thewaymedia.net or you can listen right from the source when you download the Way Media app to watch the episodes, ask prophecy questions, and read the articles that we discuss. And now, here to shoot down balloons and ask questions later is Pastor Mark, who in his younger entrepreneurial days opened up a restaurant Hmm. called Peace and Quiet. The kids' meal was only $150. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, now that's, there you go. That's how you do that. That's how you do that. That's how you do that. Peace meal. I mean, mean, peace is, no kids there, that's right. (laughs) Or my my all-you-can-eat restaurant. Remember that, that I was going to open up in the mountains? 88,000, 100,000 people a day come through up there in Gatlinburg or whatever now. I forget how much it is, but I was going to have an all-you-can-eat restaurant and then just let everybody go charge, like, more than you'd normally charge, right? Yeah. But then they go through one time, they come back, and I'm, no, that's all you can eat. So it truly is an all-you-can-eat restaurant, right? But you don't but let them go want. through but once, and and then they're mad. But it doesn't matter because another hundred thousand come through the next day. So you're making piles of money, <laughs> yes. And then next door, I had a fat-free ice cream place, and that is, I served Hagen Dazs, but I just didn't charge for the fat. Ah, and but people didn't know that, so they people were buying. Going, this is the best fat-free ice cream I've ever had. And I just smile and say enjoy. That's why you're still not in business I'm anymore. I'm sorry. That's yeah, in, this, okay. And you're our pastor. All right, so, here okay. we go. I, I wasted a lot of time. Let's get into the news that matters. <laughs> All right, let's head over to Israel. Yes, I want to. Uh, you will shortly. That's right, in May. Here in May. In May and May and May. Uh, Israel National News is reporting that France, Germany, Italy, the UK, and the US are slamming is 
Israel for their decision to build in Judea and Samaria. Yeah, this shouldn't surprise us. Again, remember, it's always everybody's against Israel, no matter what. Everybody's against the Jew. It's a spiritual battle. Let's remind ourselves, God gave them this land. They can do what they want with it, and they should do what they want with it, regardless of what France, Germany, Italy, UK, or US, or anybody else says. Listen to what it says. As you said, the, the foreign ministers of France in these, Germany, Italy, United Kingdom, United States issued a joint statement condemning the decision of Israel's political security cabinet to authorize construction of 9,000 new housing units in Jerusalem communities in Judea and Samaria. Now notice this. In Jerusalem communities in Israel, right? We, the foreign ministers of France, Germany, Italy, and all that, whatever, blah, 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 are deeply troubled, notice this, are deeply troubled by the Israeli government's announcement that it is advancing nearly 10,000 settlement units and intends to begin a process to normalize nine outposts that were previously deemed illegal under Israeli law. We strongly oppose these unilateral actions, which will only serve to exacerbate tensions between Israel and Palestinians, undermine the efforts to achieve a negotiated two-state solution. This is Sanballat and Tobiah all over again. You go back and read Nehemiah, and it says they saw Nehemiah come. He was trying to rebuild in Jerusalem because God gave them the land and put them back in the land. And this is they were greatly troubled that anyone wanted to come to help the Jews. Well, these guys are at America, greatly troubled that, that the Jews are getting any kind of help or that they would do anything to rebuild. Greg, this is, we're watching just over and over. The Bible repeat itself. This spiritual battle go on and on. If you're not aware of Nehemiah, you wouldn't understand this. But this is the exact same thing that Nehemiah faced with everybody around him saying, what are you doing? We oppose you. And if you build it, it's not going to be any good. And we stand against you. I mean, I, I read this stuff and I'm going, it, it truly is like reading the Bible all over again yeah. in a different generation. This is Sanballat and Tobiah. The sad news is we as Americans are now part of Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshub trying to stop the Jews from doing what God said they could do. Now, just as a reminder for our listeners, um, God gave them all that land, and God said it was theirs. And what the world call calls the West Bank or territories, God simply says, that's Israel. And they can do what they want in Israel. And so, again, I, I wish, Greg, they would do what Nehemiah did. I hope that here's usually what happens, okay? Usually what happens is they say we're going to build this big thing. Then America and others complain and you hear, you read the next article. Maybe by next week we're going to read it. Israel's decided not to build right now because it blah, blah, blah. And they back down. And I'm like, don't back down. Be a Nehemiah. Be a Nehemiah. God called you there. God said, build it. You go build it. Let them all fuss. God's going to give the victory. And what's interesting is, as they obeyed God and continued to move forward, what God called them to do, it says that the world around them recognized God was with them. They may not like their God. They didn't agree with their God. But they said, this is a work of God. They saw the God of Israel at work. I wish they would just move forward and do it. But it, I, I, my guess is, oh, you know, normally I'd say they won't for sure. But now they've got so much of the, of this, of the, of the right-wing government in place because of the, the agreements that Netanyahu had to make in order to form his government. Greg, this may happen this time, but keep your eyes on it. Don't be shocked if it doesn't. Yeah. I would think that it would just because Netanyahu's back in there. But, but Netanyahu's the one that backed down every time. Really? Oh, I've watched him back down. Netanyahu um, walks as good backwards as he does forward. (laughs) Now, look, I love him. I love him. But I think the guy has eyes in the back of his head because he walks backward just as good as he does forward. He'll say, yep, we're doing this. And he'll come and say, well, you know, we decided we're not because he buckles under the pressure. Okay. Where now what he had to do was, though, this is where it's different. He put together a coalition government, which they have to do. It's different they have than to ours. Do, yes. But Greg, he had to pull in some of the guys that are very, very much over on the right side of things. They're like the more extreme. He had to bring them in. He couldn't form a government. What I want to find out is if these guys have enough pull 
And if they're loud enough and strong enough to make Netanyahu get more of a backbone and stand his ground against the U.S. and others and say, look, God put us here. We're going to stand here, and here's what we're doing. I'm anxious to find out what happens here. If this follows the pattern of the past, they're going to back off. Because they haven't built anything forever, it seems like, when they get opposition. So I want to see if this happens. I think we'll know probably by next week. By next Friday's show, you watch. There'll be an article that either they're moving forward and everybody's pitching a fit, or, oh, they decided that it was best under international whatever and keep peace, and they don't want anybody to, you know, whatever. We'll find out. But I'm anxious to see how this goes. Yeah. All right. Well, here's another thing for Israel, and this is actually looks like it's good news. Yes. This is from Yahoo.com. Israel exports oil for the first time ever yeah. after a diplomatic breakthrough with, of all countries, Lebanon. Yeah, yeah. Well, they have to go They have to go through Lebanon. Israel launched its first ever export of crude oil shipment uh, to Europe. It says the original, uh, uh, the original it originated from the offshore field in the eastern Mediterranean Sea. And it comes after a deal with Lebanon to settle the maritime borders. Uh, here's why, Greg, and I'm going to read some more of the article. The, get, the oil is out there in Israel territory, but in order to go get it and transport it, you've got to cross the, the Lebanon land, uh, the Lebanon sea lines, sea line, not, 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 er, er, you know, but yeah. you know, say sea lines, in order to be able to get it to Europe. Apparently, there has to be so where the borders are long. So they had to make an agreement, which no doubt meant, hey, you let us do this. Lots of money, lots of money. We're going to give you a big cut of this, but we have to cross over your water line, your maritime mm. line, in order to go onto the ocean to get our shipment over to Europe. So apparently that's why Lebanon's involved, and if Lebanon didn't agree, then that could be tough. That's very interesting, considering that Lebanon is essentially a by-proxy country of Iran. But, Greg, think, if you hate somebody and they offer you a few billion dollars... Well, I was going to say, there's got to be some... Uh, yeah. yeah, it's like, you know what, we'll let you, carry the oil. Yeah, we'll let you get the oil over there, because now we can buy more missiles to destroy you <laughs> when we get able to. It says, Israel's oil export was sold to commodities giant Vital through a multi-cargo agreement referred to as the Karish Blend... It is expected to be uh, valued close to the globe's average price for crude. Israel has been extracting oil through a partnership with Energion. Uh, I think that's how you say that. A London-based company leading the development of the Karish field in the eastern Mediterranean. And I quote, The first ever lifting of an Israeli crude oil cargo has taken place at the company's Karish field, um, Energion said. Karish primarily produces natural gas. Now note that. They primarily produce natural gas. I'll come back to that. And Energion started production at Karish late last year. That came after an unlikely deal was brokered last October between Israel and Lebanon. Why was it unlikely? Because they're enemies. However, money talks. Yes, it does. The longtime adversaries are officially at war. However, to take advantage of the gas and oil deposits discovered off the Mediterranean coast, they made this deal. Now, they're both getting money. Here's the thing. I, I, we may, I may, you know, we probably knew that there were, there was oil out there. It seems like I'm starting to remember there was. But here's the main thing I remember about the Mediterranean: the, one of the largest natural gas deposits in the world, in what they call Leviathan. And then remember, we were all excited when they found oil in the Golan, a huge reservoir of oil in Israel in the Golan. So my thought was. At some point, you're going to see the oil being pulled out of the Golan and being used in that region. You're going to see the natural gas being pulled out of the Mediterranean and used in that region and around the world. And 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 those exports were going to be catalyst to maybe uh, create a greater tension between them and Russia, uh, because Russia supplies Europe. And if Israel starts supplying natural gas and oil to Europe and Russia can't supply it, now we've got war type stuff going on because you're taking our economy away. Over sixty percent of Russia's economy is their is their the oil supplies. So now you're giving Europe natural gas, I thought, 
which was enough. But right. now you got natural gas and oil. But Greg, look at this: you got natural gas and oil coming from the Mediterranean. As it said, predominantly natural gas. The company works in, but now you've got natural gas and oil from there. Wait till they start pulling oil from the Golan, and then you're going to see all this going over to Europe with all this kind of stuff that's going. Listen, this is even if it didn't make Russia mad in the sense of you're taking a big bite out of our economy, they're going to want to go take that so their economy can grow. So Russia needs more oil right now. They're at war. They need more natural gas. They're at war. They need more energy supplies, and those are being drained by this Ukrainian battle. So when you see Israel saying, forget you guys, we'll, we'll supply you know, Europe, and they're not coming out and saying it that way, but that's what's happening. This is, man, we talked about it. This could be one of the hooks in the jaw and where it says that Russia is going to come down to take the spoils. These are the spoils, natural gas and oil. This is going to inflame it, no pun intended, yeah. because of it going into Europe. And um, I, this is keep your eye on this stuff. This is their first ship, but this is a big deal, man. This yeah. is a big deal. You know, what's interesting is thinking about the oil reserve in the Golan Heights. Number one, I'm thinking that Israel would be taking a big risk in developing the infrastructure to extract oil in the Golan Heights, because you're essentially on the border. Yeah, you're right. But what's interesting is that we've talked about this before regarding Ezekiel 38 and 39 and how God is going to get the glory. God's going to supernaturally wipe out five-sixths of the invading armies. Yeah, We believe, much in the same way that God dealt with Sodom and Gomorrah, in that there are volcanic cone fields that's right in that area that's right but what i wasn't thinking about in addition to all of that is this oil reserve yeah and i thinking hmm i wonder if the oil reserve will play a part in god's plan i don't know how but oil can obviously be very volatile can be very flammable anyway just you know, again, it just it just entered my mind when you were talking about that. I'd never thought about the oil fields up there being connected. And they might not be used by the Lord in any way, shape, or form yeah. regarding Ezekiel. Maybe that's will be used later. I'm sure at some point it will be. But yeah. anyway. Well, it's interesting you say that, Greg, because, again, I, I, I really hadn't thought about what the um, import was of oil rigs in the Golan area. And I can see why that would be something that even though there's a massive amount of oil there, they almost could not do unless things somehow go underground and pull it. Because all they have to do it's is a light, target. Well, light those things yeah, up. Light and those you things got, up. You've got the whole part of northern Israel burning with smoke everywhere. It could be a huge mess. And I, I wasn't thinking about that. You saw what happened to Iraq when they burned yeah, all the oil exactly. things there. I mean, it was a mess yeah. over there. Um, but, you know, it's interesting, Greg, and this is one I've always looked at. I've, I've always cautiously looked at this uh, particular passage about uh, in Deuteronomy, where it's being prophetically spoken of, of Asher, which is up there on the coast of the Mediterranean. Here's what it says. Asher is most blessed of sons. Let him be favored by his brothers and let him dip his foot in oil. Hmm. I've always thought of that as olive oil. They're going to have a good production of trees up there. They're going to supply the nation. Hmm. I don't know if they ever did or didn't. But I look at this a little bit different as they're discovering oil in the area of Asher, which is where they're finding it up in that area. It might be that God's saying here in the Word of God, I've got oil up there. Go find it. And now they're finding it. They're dipping their foot in oil. And that could be something. It is a prophecy of, of, of the nation. I mean, the, the tribe of Asher is speaking about what they're going to be because it talks about all the different tribes. This is where he's given all the, the, the future of the tribes. Yeah, yeah. And Asher is, again, up in that region, talks about they're going to dip their foot in oil. So it may be that that's what's happening here is a little bit of, um, you know, 
um, you know, a different kind of oil, you know, yeah. going on or whatever. And so kind of neat. But we'll see. You know, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how this affects the whole Middle Eastern uh, picture. Yeah. And it would also and also, too, if Israel were to go and develop the oil fields right in the Golan Heights, that could be another reason why it will be such a manned foot force that's amassed on the border to come in yeah is that russia would clearly be coming in to take those spoils oh yeah and so israel's done all the hard work getting everything ready yeah and russia comes in. so that's also another possibility anyway Greg, lots of see, ways we well, could take about this. It. you can see making a deal with iran with the russia saying look yes. iran would say look we'll yeah give oh, you yeah. those oil fields we've got plenty of oil <laughs> exactly. just help us kill those yes. guys yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll go kill them. Yeah. Give us the oil. You got a deal. You got a deal. See how this can happen. Wow. Okay. I know. I lots know. of things. Lots of things to keep our prophetic eyes. Indeed. On. Yes. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Well, let's come back here to America, where I find a very interesting article from Fox Business. Alabama Democrats. That's right. I said Democrats. That's right. Want to ban employers from forcing workers to get. Microchipped. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the, uh, wow. I know. Again, I was kind of shocked. Well, it's funny. I, I Again, I know I've read this. I've obviously read the article prep today. My brain, though, must have just blocked that out. But, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking it couldn't be the Democrats. It, it can't be possibly be them. Right? Only because, well, yeah. And, and I'm not making some kind of political statement no. other than typically the Democrats stand in a little bit more of that kind of progressive. Yes. You know, that kind absolutely. of thing. Whereas the Republicans would be a little bit more conservative. Hey, you're not putting a chip in my hand or whatever, yeah, exactly. you know, unless it's a, you know, a corn chip. Corn but, chip. Yeah. But, but notice Tortilla what it says. Al- Alabama Democrats want to make it illegal for Republican private employers to, of the state to force their employees to get microchipped. A bill pre-filed for the state legislature's upcoming session would make it a felony for state agencies, private businesses, insurance providers, or bail bondsmen in the state to require employees to be implanted with a microchip as a condition of employment for services. I mean, I, I, you know that's going to happen, but I can't believe they're going, hey, we don't want that to happen. The bill defines a microchip as a device subcutaneously implanted in an individual that is passively or actively capable of transmitting personal information to another device using radio frequency technology. Okay, makes sense. The term does not include any device used in di- uh, diagnosis, monitoring, treatment, or prevention of a health condition that only transmits information necessary to carry out the diagnosis, monitoring, treatment, or prevention of that health condition, the bill states. Well, again, I just find this its interesting to me, Greg, because we do know in the last days everyone's going to be forced to take a mark under their skin, the hand or the forehead. Revelation uh, th- uh, you know, 13, and I've included in here uh, uh, Revelation 9 and 10 because the angel's warning against taking the chip. But it's interesting to me that this bill's being introduced at a, at a, um, a state level and then to see that it's being introduced by uh, the more liberal side of things, which again is unusual to me as well. This is, you know, I really don't know who's behind this other than as a group, but it's interesting to see what's happening here because I wish that the anybody here in Tennessee would do the same thing. Hopefully they will. Hopefully our legislators will say, you know what, you're not going to do that here. Maybe people won't think about it until it's being forced. But there must be something going on down there in Alabama where they're talking about it. There must be some companies that are saying, you know what, we're going to start doing the chip thing or whatever the case might be. I don't know. Well, my first thought was is that Alabama has a lot of uh, foreign investment when it comes to automobile manufacturing. Okay. That's down there. Uh, Hyundai, really? Yeah, Hyundai. I think manufactures down there, uh, and I can't remember who else. Um, I, I would say things, and I would be wrong, but I think Hyundai is one of them. 
Uh, anyway, uh, them, South Carolina, uh, BMW has a big plant in uh, South Carolina uh, where they manufacture, I think, a lot of the BMW SUVs. And, of course, Tennessee has uh, Nissan uh, and Volkswagen right. uh, here. So you, uh, So anyway, you could see these companies, because they're a huge employer, you could see them having the muscle to try to make some of those things happen. Anyway. I guess I, just, I, mean, no, I, I see that, but I just I find it odd where it's coming from. Again, yeah. sometimes, you know, again, politics, stranger than fiction, you know, as yes, they say, it it, it's, it's uh, very interesting <laughs> to look at politics and people do strange things in yeah. politics that I, I, I just uh, I think oftentimes politics yeah. cause us to compromise yeah. in things, um, you know, that we shouldn't be compromising. in. It's a tough yeah. area. And, and I think so, too, when we see these prophetic things that look like or the, the beginning of their fulfillment or the beginning of their rising. And we know when we've read through the entire Bible when those things will become mandatory or when those things will become fulfilled. So I think things like the chip will meet its pockets of resistance. Yeah. And so, you know, some things will be optional, some things will be resisted, they'll yeah. be put down. But it's only when the Antichrist is on the scene as the one world leader will he have the wherewithal to actually force both small and great. So that means everyone, even people that you would think, oh, they, they've got the power. They would never, you could never force that person to take yeah. the mark. Well, the Bible begs to differ. Oh, yeah, everybody Those people will be are forced. Gonna, they're they're going to be forced or they're going to be put to death. Yeah. So short of that, I think we're going to see things like this. Pockets yeah. of resistance pushing back until after the rapture and after all the resistance is out of the yeah, way. Yeah, you're right. No, we're going to. You're exactly right. I agree with that 100. Yeah. percent And so it's just interesting to it's just interesting to read yeah. these kind of articles, it and is. Then especially we never expected to come from, but a, a very interesting. So I mean, here we go. And my mind goes back to when we first started talking about chips being put into people for vending machines or for clubs in Florida and things like years that. Years ago, yes. Years ago. And now we're seeing it now on broader scales, or talked yeah. about on broader scales, like entire companies maybe forcing this issue well a new generation that probably thinks it's cool now greg remember we have a new generation that, that'd probably be awesome man i'm kind of you know whatever i'm connected to the net you they've know they've been raised with technology yeah they've been raised with an ipad in their hand that's right um, and now literally could have one in their hand you know what i mean think <laughs> exactly, about it if you had yes. it right there yeah i mean the tech the, the it, there really is some cool technology going with this you know there's a uh i think about if you put that chip in your hand it connect to the internet greg they've got some things now that that a brand new product that apple's rolling out you put these rings on your finger right here and you can actually move your fingers apart and spread a little thing in the air you know the way they do on iron man or they on the marvel movies oh, wow. they're they now can do that if it can connect to the internet and you're home they're saying it's a few it's about about to happen yeah so you think if that's in your hand yeah. you could just have a you could just open up your ipad yeah. your computer and spread it right there no matter where you are i mean that, that yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. It is just, let's just say it. It's super cool, but it's going to be used in some yeah. super evil ways. Not particularly that yeah. technology, but yeah. the, the chip technology. Yeah. Well, you think about the original Star Trek TV show and all the technology that they showcased in the show and how that's come to to fruition. Right. You think about the, the um, what was the, the little... Uh, Communicator, yeah, you know that's, communicator? That's, that's, that's your cell phone. I know you're right. Uh, talking on the thing here, that's like Bluetooth. Uh-huh. Um, I, you know, I, you can scan people now, yeah, uh, and pick up things. Uh, I think the transporter room is representative of the rapture. Yeah, so 
that's like the last thing to right. You just <laughs> there you go. Beat me up, Scotty. Yeah. But a that's little right. bit faster than how they depicted it. Yeah, there you go. In the so, show, yeah, very anyway. int- very interesting. Yes, so. it is. <laughs> All right, let's get into some anti-Semitism, or is uh, is lovingly referred to as Jew hate. Yeah. Um, JNS.org is reporting on a report from the AJC that says anti-Semitism dramatically undercounted in 2022. Yeah. You know, that uh, wouldn't surprise me at all. Why wouldn't you want to hide that? Yeah. Again, it's, it's, it's exploding is what's going on, Greg. Nearly half American Jewish respondents approved of President Joe Biden's response to anti-Semitism, the article says. 56% disapproved, though, of Congress's record in that regard. Despite well-documented surges in anti-Semitism in America, new data suggests official numbers dramatically undercount the problem's scope. In 2022, more than one quarter of the U.S. Jews said they were targets. That's over 20, 26% of physical or in-person online verbal anti-Semitic attacks. Yet 84% of those targeted by the anti-Semitic violence and 44% of those who experienced anti-Semitic remarks in person or online did not report the incident to police. You know, it's it's kind of like the VAERS thing. You know, you only report part of it. This is just a small mm. sampling here. Social media companies and, uh, again, Jewish organizations say this. The AGC, or AJC, rather. Uh, saw an increase of 10 percentage points in the number of Jews who feel less safe than they did in the previous year. In 2022, 41% felt less safe than in 2021, while in 2021, 31% reported feeling less safe than in 2020. Now, why do we keep bringing up these almost every week now? It seems like there's been these anti-Semitism articles. I think it's important we mention this, and I know those of you that are regular listeners might be thinking, you know, you're saying the same thing. We've been hearing that. I want you to know, you need to recognize the fact that it keeps coming up each week and these numbers keep increasing is going, that is such a huge fulfillment of the signs of the times. One of the main things to watch for in the last days is increased Jewish hatred, increased hatred for the nation of Israel because Satan, the Bible says, will turn up the heat against God's chosen people. So when you see these things, this should be a marker going, hey, we're right on target. I feel my heart goes out to the Jewish people because of this and we need to be praying for them. But this is a part of what the Bible says is going to happen. And there's another aspect of this I don't want our listeners to miss. And, and that's that Zechari- that Zechariah 12, right? Yes. Yeah. And, I, and actually, I listed a different this time because oh. we've had so many. I want to give another aspect. Okay. Matthew 24, 9. After the rapture, yes. I believe that starts in verse 9. nine. He also says, you'll be hated by all for my name's sake. He's talking to the Jewish believers after that. So, gotcha. yes, Zechariah 12, Matthew yeah. 24, 9. I'm, I'm trying to answer different verses sure, in here on these. absolutely. And that's good. Um, yeah. but, the, but the bottom line is, is that not only is it that... Um, as far as that goes uh, in the persecution there, um, you know, but we also need to recognize here that God says in the last days, he's going to drive the Jews back to Israel. And and we saw when God sent them to Babylon, they got in Babylon for 70 years and most of them, almost all of them, Greg, stayed. There were some 50,000 that came back out of out of just who knows how many hundreds, hundreds of thousands that were there by that time. And why did the majority stay? It was comfortable. Mm. They already had their homes. Babylon wasn't too hard on them. Uh, they had good businesses. They were living good lives. Yeah, that's the promised land. But hey, this isn't so bad. We're not going anywhere. I don't want to go back to a dust bowl that got wiped out in war and whatever. So the last 2,000 years, Israel became a dust bowl again as Rome judged them. And then it sat empty for all those years. Now, as we know, it's being revived. It's coming back to life. It's turning beautiful again. But the, still, there are huge numbers of Jews uh, in America has the largest number, I think, and all over the world that they haven't gone back yet. God said, I'm going to gather them back in the last days. 
So how is God going to get them to go back if they've got cush jobs, great homes, they love it here, their family's here, look, oh, they're making lots of money, I'm this, I'm that, lawyer, banker, I've got family, I've got home. How are you going to get them to leave, Greg? I'm not saying yeah. God. God is not stirring up persecution against the Jews. What I'm saying is, I believe God is allowing Satan and the demonic realm to stir pressure on the Jews to say, you know, I don't care how comfy your home is. You got to go someplace that people love you and that it's safe. You need to go back home. And I think he's forcing them back into the land by these kind of things. Well, and the beginning of that enforcement, the beginning of fulfilling of prophecy that we see in Joel was at the hands of Hitler. Yeah. In the persecution there. So this is just a continuation of that heat, obviously not as brutal as Hitler was. Right. But the brutality that will exceed Hitler is yet to come. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And see, and Russia turned up great heat. Yes. In the last generation. And they've been driving. They've been leaving Russia in droves. Droves. Yes. And now you would think, again, where's the last place they feel safe, Craig? It's America. That's what makes these kind of articles so interesting. A lot of the signs of the times, because it's almost like they're backed in a corner. And their last safe place, besides the yeah. land God gave them originally, where they're among their own people, yeah. the last safe place they have has been America. They are losing that. America is becoming no longer a safe place for the Jew like it used to be. And I think it's only going to get worse as a sign of the times. It's going to drive them back to the land. It's all a part of God's plan. When he gets them there, he's going to pour his spirit out again on them after Russia and Iran invade. And we're going to see them turning to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. What a great day that's going to be. Yeah. That's Pastor Mark Kirk, who is educating us on the signs of the times, our weekly take on Bible prophecy that we find in intertwined with the world's news on WIAMLP Knoxville, a weekly broadcast that we add a cup of flour, two, three eggs, and run it through the blender to give you podcast number 251, available through all your popular podcast outlets. And we'd like to acknowledge Bob Johnson Insurance as a supporter of Signs of the Times, Bob Johnson Insurance has been insuring East Tennesseans for over 50 years, from your home to the nursing home and everything in between. Bob Johnson Insurance, 865-922-3111, or online at bobjohnsonins.com. And now, you've got mail. Pastor Mark, you've got lots of mail this week. Yes, yes. Our first uh, listener question comes from Daniel, who enjoys signs of the times out in Beaumont, California. He asks, why do some churches and denominations exclude the gifts of the Holy Spirit? What a great question. And um, I'll I'll sum it up briefly and give a little definition there to it. Because of, I, I think the main reason is a lot of people fear the unknown. They fear the supernatural. And I think that even among believers, oftentimes in a, in a culture where people make fun of you and they mock you, it's easier just to kind of turn away from the things that seem more controversial and that you don't understand and just say, you know what, those don't exist anymore. Let's forget that and not take the heat. I think a lot of times it's kind of backing down from taking the heat. I'm just going to say it. That was, I think, the origin of it. Now, it has developed into a theology where you have this dispensational uh, dispensationalism says that God works in certain uh, ways during certain periods of time. And then he changes the way that he works. And they use these dispensations to say that we're in a a time period, a dispensation now, where God's not using the Holy Spirit in that way. There are multiple problems there. First of all, the Bible says that the Lord is, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he never changes. And um, every generation, God is the same. There's no difference in the way God works by the power of his spirit. There is no scripture that says that God is through with the work of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. It doesn't exist. Um, 
The one that they try to use, Greg, is out of First Corinthians chapter ten, where it says uh, that uh, you know when those things uh, are chapter thirteen, rather, First uh, Corinthians, it says that when that which is perfect has has you know come to pass, that the gifts will no longer be there. But if you look, and they say, well, that, that which is perfect means the Bible. Now we have the Bible, so we don't need the work of the Holy Spirit anymore. Well, the problem is, if you go back and read it in context, with which any good, honest Bible expositor would do, in context, it says that it'll pass away when we see the Lord face to face. Then that which is perfect has come when we see the Lord face to face. So go back and read that passage there at the end of 1 Corinthians 13, and it says that. So, But, they, but what happens is they grab onto that, and they say, well, he says that we, won't, that we won't have these gifts anymore, so now they're not for today. Well, that's not what the Bible says at all. It's a misreading of the Bible, and it's unfortunate because it rips a lot of people off from the work that God can do in their life by the power of the Holy Spirit. What I find interesting, Greg, when I was doing research on this years back, as you know, my testimony, I gave my life to the Lord. I'll sum it up real quick for our listeners. But when I gave my life to the Lord, I didn't know enough about the Bible or the church to really discern that. All I knew is I was calling out to God to give me everything he had, and I received the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, that's where I got the gift of teaching, etc. And that just happened. I felt it happen. It was a supernatural event in my life. So for somebody to tell me that it suddenly doesn't happen anymore, I know it did. I mean, it, it ha- that's where I, that's why I'm called in the ministry. That's what made me a pastor. So first of all, I'm, you can't base theology on experience. I know that. I'm not suggesting that. Theology is based on the Word of God, and we have to go to the Word of God, not emotions. But I'm simply saying as a side note, the gifts of the Spirit were given to me before I really even understood all the things about it, and before I even understood a lot of the opposition against the gifts of the Spirit, okay? So, um, but as I was doing my research on it, I found something very interesting. Um, according to one of the uh, major uh, seminaries in America, one of the professors, I was reading a commentary that he wrote, and he said, during the days of Christ, the rabbis taught that the gifts of the Spirit were not for their day. Now think about that for a minute. He said, they taught... The gifts of the Spirit are not for our day. They were only for the dispensation and the day of the prophets. And once the prophets ended, we no longer have the gifts of the Spirit working in our modern-day temple era around the time of Christ. Now, now come 2,000 years down the road. People are saying the exact same thing. Here's what's what's bizarre. Now people are saying some, well, the gifts of the Spirit, they were for back during the days of Christ. But now they're not for today because we're in a different dispensation. This is the, God doesn't do that anymore, and now we have the Bible, etc. So what's odd about it is the same excuse that was being used to deny the power of the Holy Spirit 2,000 years ago is the same, and, and it went back before them, is the same excuse being used today going back before us saying it's been completed. Do you see a pattern here? Do you see what Satan is doing? This is what the enemy's doing here. And what, I'm glad this question came up because this is great to encourage our listeners The enemy is trying to pull away your power. He's trying to pull away the gifts of the Spirit that God wants to give you so you can be a more effective Christian. So you'll think, well, that's not for today, so I'm not going to ask for it. But the Lord specifically told believers, notice this, he told believers to ask for the Holy Spirit. Now, let's stop for a minute on that. This is Luke 11. Yeah. Luke 11, he says, you know, if you ask for a a stone, stone, yeah, we'll give you a scorpion, scorpion, fish, we'll give you a serpent, etc., Scorpions and serpents represent the demonic realm. So the Lord was saying, if you're going to ask for the Holy Spirit, don't worry, I'm not going to let a demon get you. No, I'm a good father. If you know how to evil, know how to do that for your kids. He said, if you know, if you being evil, that is sin nature, know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now remember, he's teaching his disciples. So let's stop for a minute. Are you saying that the disciples don't have the Holy Spirit? Now I know 
The Holy Spirit wasn't given to indwell until Jesus resurrected from the dead. Then it says there in John, I believe it's chapter 19 or 20, it says he met them in the upper room. He breathed on them. I find that very intriguing. Even as he breathed on Adam, when he breathed spiritual life into him in the garden, he breathed on the disciples and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. The word is lambano, which means I'm, I'm commanding you take this. Take it. So he gives them something to take. They receive. And the Bible says that they had the indwelling. Okay. Once Christ uh, uh, resurrected, we now have the indwelling. So here's the thing. Once you give your life to Jesus Christ, you automatically receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Everybody does. Okay. Yeah. But there's three different workings of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. There's the indwelling, which is the word E-N. He indwells. There's the alongside. The Lord said he will be in you and will be with, he's with you and will be in you. Um, the alongside is the word para, which means the Holy Spirit works alongside the believer. And there's a third word, a P-E-P-I, that means a coming upon. And every time, Greg, in the Old Testament and the New Testament that that word is used, it's a different word in the Hebrew, obviously, right. but it's the same meaning. Every time that word is used in the Old Testament with the prophets or the kings, every time it's used in the New Testament with believers, it is for one purpose. It is not for salvation. It is not for coming alongside. It has a different work. It is for specifically power. God, Jesus said this. To do the work of the ministry. That's right. He said, wait here until you receive yeah. power from on high. We know at Pentecost that power was poured out. Now we don't have to wait. That was till Pentecost came. Now that the power has been poured out, now all we have to do is ask. And that's why the Lord said to his followers, he said, look, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Talking to believers. So I would yeah. say to believers today, there is a work of the Spirit where you receive power. If you have not been filled with the Holy Spirit, or as the Bible says, being baptized in the Spirit, yeah. that's the EP, that's the EPI. It's separate from the indwelling. It's separate from the alongside, uh, apara. It is a different work of the Spirit. It is to give you power so you can do this thing called the Christian walk and be a witness. And you might even be thinking, I can't do this Christian walk. I keep falling. I keep failing. I can't be a witness. You are lacking the power. How do you get that power? Go to Jesus right now and say, God, come upon me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me. Give me that power. And then you will receive the gifts of the Spirit. And when you think about the early church being birthed in the middle of an oppressive Roman one world government. The early and I'll submit this to you, Pastor Mark, the early church could not have been birthed. Right. Could not have succeeded if it was not for the fact of the appeal, the coming upon, the That's empowerment right. of John and Peter and Paul. That's right. And the rest of them That's right. that that at their own peril stood and proclaimed the truth of Jesus Christ uh uh, against the threat of imprisonment and death. Yeah. And right. and yeah. they ultimately led to their death, but then again, even the Spirit gave them the power and the grace yeah. to see that through You're as right. well. You're right, Greg. And here's the thing, too, to remember. I think a lot of people are scared away from the gifts because, again, a lot of people kind of make, they accentuate some of the gifts that are that people don't understand as much, and so it kind of freaks them out and they stay away. And, of course, we know what I'm talking about. Yeah. The gift of tongues, people freak out about that. And listen, the Bible does not say that everyone receives that gift. That is not what the Bible teaches at all. As a matter of fact, Paul said, I wish you all did. Paul said in Corinthians, I wish you all did. He said, but but you know what? You Rather than that, I wish you all prophesied because prophecy, the whole church can understand and you can share the word of God. So people get afraid of things they can't understand and they close themselves off to the supernatural work. But listen to me, believer, if the church doesn't walk in supernatural power of God, we are no different than the world around us. Why would the world be attracted to us? Yeah. And then we're missing the power of God to do what God has called us to do. 
And every gift you're given, you're in control of. Exactly. It's subject to the prophet, it says. Exactly. The gifts are subject to the prophet. And again, just so, you know, I encourage you, go through, do a study in, in, in Acts, and then uh, again in the Gospels, but especially in Acts, um, you can't use a lot of what happens in Acts as theology because it's emotional, experiential things, but there are things that are very doctrinal there. Yeah. And Greg, note this. I want to say this. In Acts, and later on in Acts, when Paul goes to Ephesians, it says that Paul found believers in Christ. These are saved people. He found believers in Christ, and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, if, if, if all you got was the indwelling at salvation, why in the world did Paul ask that question? Why would Paul say, did you receive the Holy Spirit? The obvious answer would be, of course I did. Yeah. Everyone does the moment they give their life to Christ. And I would agree. Everyone receives the indwelling the moment you give your life to Christ. But what Paul was saying was, look, I see you have the indwelling. I can tell you're believers, but something's missing. Where's the power? And he said, and they said, has anybody talked to you about the Holy Spirit? And they said, we, did, we don't know about that. Tell us. We had no such knowledge. And it says that Paul laid hands on them and prayed they'd receive the Holy Spirit. That is the EPI came upon them. Go look the word up. And it says they received power. And again, they had the gifts of the Spirit yeah. operating in their life. So different workings of the Spirit. Yes, it is for today. There's nothing in the Bible that says it's not. And I challenge anyone on that. You can't show that with good exposition mm-hmm. out of 1 Corinthians 13. It's not there. Yeah. It's the context when we see him face-to-face when the gifts will be done away. And I believe it's the enemy trying to rip you off yeah. and rip the church off of the power and the gifts to do the work of the ministry. Yeah, Dim- diminish the power of the church. Absolutely. Uh, Pastor Mark has done a uh, topical teaching on the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. And you can find that at thewaymedia.net or download the Wade Media app. Just go to Calvary Knoxville and under Topicals, you will find all of his teachings on that. All right, uh, John writes in Pastor Mark and wants to know about the fear of the Lord. He says, I have always struggled with understanding this concept. Is this fear the same as wonder and amazement, or is there something else here? Again, a great question. This is a different fear than we think of John as typical fear. This is not a cowering fear that somebody's going to whack me or hurt me or do this kind of thing. This is really, I think, almost a better translation for our day and age would be reverence and respect. A reverence and respect for God. It is that thing. Remember when you were a kid and you went to school and your principal, you know, whether you liked him or not, I don't, you know, again, you feared him and, and not in the fear of the sense. You didn't think your principal was going to come and, and like, you know, whack kill you or you. whack yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. But you recognize, okay, this guy has authority. He has power. Yeah. He has power. <laughs> and I need to make sure that I'm pleasing him. Yes. It is that it is a fear of respect and awe and reverence in just in who he is, his power, his greatness, his glory. And the fact that one day we will stand before him and give account for our lives. Lives. Man, that puts fear in my heart. Yeah. But it's a godly fear. It's not. I don't. It's not a fear where I shake and go, "Oh no, I'm in trouble." It's if there's any fear and trembling, it comes from, "Wow, he is so great, and I and I respect him so much, and I just I want to please him and that kind of thing." So it's not the fear that someone has that's you know cowering in a corner. It's a fear of awe and respect and reverence. Yeah, very good. All right, Pastor Mark. Our last question comes from Paul, who enjoys uh, Signs of the Times uh, south of us in Seymour, Tennessee. Uh, he wants to know what else are we to do? He says, I know the battle belongs to him and we are called to fight on our knees. It just seems that evil is winning a lot. If these aren't the end times and it's just evil men doing evil things, should good people be doing more to win the day? What else are we to do? Yeah. What a, again, another great question. And that is, it's interesting. You know, uh, there's a prophet by the name of Habakkuk who had the same concern uh, in Habakkuk chapter 1, what he saw happening was, is he's giving a prophecy against the nation, going, you know what, God's going to judge our nation, 
and he's using evil people to do it. It looks like evil's winning. God is using these evil people to conquer the people of God. And so evil seems to be winning. So God, what am I doing? Am I wasting my time? Why are you letting evil win? And then God speaks to Habakkuk in, in starting in verse five and says, look among the nations and see wonder and be astounded for I'm doing a work in your days that you wouldn't believe if I told you. And he goes on and says, look, I know you don't see the, the, what's happening by you praying. I know it seems like evil's winning. I know it seems like that this is doing nothing. He said, but if you could only see what your prayer is doing behind the scenes, if you could only see what I'm doing, if you could only see what's going to happen at the right time, we're, darkness will be totally defeated. So the, the, to answer your question here is, is the bottom line is, yes, sometimes it looks like the enemy's winning. It looks like evil is, is doing it. It's no good to pray. Habakkuk the prophet had the same concern, and God said to him, you keep on doing the right thing. You be faithful. You pray. You cry out to me. I know it looks like evil's winning, but I control evil. I'm stopping. I'm the one that's allowing what to happen to happen because I have a purpose in all this. I'm going to use it. Don't worry. Evil won't win. Righteousness will win. Just give me time and you be patient. (laughs) Continue to pray. Continue to wait. You know, I would encourage you, Paul, don't stop praying. Do not turn away. Keep your face set like flint to the Lord. Keep praying. Even if in your lifetime you don't see it, there will be great reward for your prayer. And we know who wins in the end because the Bible tells us so. Evil's not winning. Uh, evil is just being allowed to carry out God's purposes. It reminds me, and maybe we covered it on the show last week, but I talked about it to the body this last Sunday. Revelation seventeen seventeen says, God allowed all these kings in the last days to fulfill his purpose. When they were putting the one world government mm-hmm. together and they're doing all these things the Antichrist is doing, God says in Revelation seventeen seventeen, it was to fulfill my purpose that I allowed this to happen. So although it looked like evil was winning, God was running the show, and that's what's happening now, Paul. So rest in that and trust the Lord. Very good. Thank you all for your questions. If you've got a question for Pastor Mark, just visit thewaymedian.net or the Way Media app and navigate your way to Signs of the Times. All right, some pestilence, plagues, disasters, and corruption. Yummy. All right, this is from Fox News. A scientific review is finding that face masks made little to no difference in preventing the spread of COVID. It's what we've been saying all along, and yeah. now the science finally backs it up. Yeah, you know, this is, Greg, this is so important. Look, the, the reason I want to include these kind of articles is I really think that we need to be beefed up on the facts and the truth as a culture, because this is going to come back around. And if you don't know that the science is against masking, you won't be able to make a stand when it comes back around, because I believe they're going to try to put us all back in yes. lockdown again. I believe they're going to try to bring masks back completely and greg i believe it's simply an oppression of the enemy that's all this is is to oppress people it caused great damage i look a lot of people that wore masks out there listening to me right now some of you had no choice i get it bosses whatever work some of you did it because you truly wanted to protect your brother and sister around you and family members. i get it that's very sweet that's very nice we all want to do what we can to protect others But now we know the facts are in from over 70 studies worldwide. It did zero. It did nothing. And what gets me is they knew that masking didn't work, Greg, before this started. If you remember, the Surgeon General under President Trump, when this thing started, he came out and said, don't wear masks. They don't do anything. And then all of a sudden it changed. And then they were saying, no, no, no. And I think it was fear kicked in. And based on fear, if they thought, well, people are going to be dying, we need to tell people to do something. So at least we're showing we're trying. Put a mask on. Well, listen to what this article says. Uh, the stance by the CDC and prevention on face masks has taken many twists and turns throughout the COVID pandemic. After initially claiming face coverings weren't necessary, that's what I just shared with you, the CDC changed course in April 2020, calling on all Americans, even children as young as two, to mask up. 
That September, the CDC director, Dr. Robert Redfield, said during a Senate hearing that face masks are the most important, powerful health tool we have, even suggesting that they might offer more protection than vaccines. Those recommendations likely played a large part in 39 states eventually enacting mask mandates. Now, here we go. A new scientific review says that widespread masking may have done little to nothing to curb the transmission of COVID-19. The review titled Physical Interventions to Interrupt or Reduce the Spread of Respiratory Viruses was led by 12 researchers from esteemed universities around the world. Published by the Cochrane Library, the review dug into the findings of 78 randomized controlled trials, 78, to determine whether physical interventions, including face masks and hand washing, lessened the spread of COVID. A new scientific review suggests the widespread masking may have done little to nothing to stop the spread. When comparing the use of the medical surgical masks, uh, the review also found that wearing a mask had little or no difference in people even catching COVID or the flu, and probably makes little or no difference in how many people catch the flu or, or, um, uh, or COVID by laboratory testing as well. Next, the review compared, and bear with me, I'm almost done, but this is so important, this is key. Next, the review compared even N95 respirator, respirator masks uh, in Europe, and from those tests, they found that wearing the N95 slash P2 respirator still made little to no difference at all in how many people had flu or COVID uh, or flu-like illnesses, which would include COVID. The 78 studies looked at participants from countries of all income levels. So guys, hear me on this. Over 78 studies by esteemed researchers worldwide have now concluded by long-term testing, the masks made zero difference in stopping the spread of COVID or flu. I know we feel better when we do it. I know we feel we're not spreading germs. I know we think we're helping people. We're not. All we're doing is lowering our oxygen intake, possibly breathing in things over time from those masks that are not healthy as they're now finding some of those fragments in lungs after surgeries. Uh, our children are being hurt because they can't see mouth movements and learning how to speak when they're watching in those developmental years. And there's this overall sense of oppression that you feel when your face is covered that is just, it, listen, the evidence is in, the facts are in, and it's time for everybody just to face it and accept it so we can move on from this. Because I'm telling you, if you don't understand these studies now and adopt them, when that next round comes, they're going to push this same thing on us, and it's going to cause the same kind of tyranny that the first round caused. And I want to say a lot of the tyranny was done innocently. I think some people might have known what was going on. I think the majority of people did not. So I'm not blaming anybody saying things were done on purpose. I'm saying now we have the evidence. Now the facts are in. It's time to respond. And next time this comes around, say, no, we're not doing that because it does way more harm than good. And it does no good whatsoever. Tests have proven. All right, let's go to the church, Pastor Mark. Breitbart.com is reporting that same-sex marriages are to receive blessings in the Church of England. Wow. I can't even believe, I I can, I can, but when the church loses the moral standard, the rest of society is gone. Same-sex marriages will receive prayers for God's blessing for the first time in the Church of England following a vote at the General Synod, the legislative body of the established Church of England. On Thursday, the three houses of the Senate voted in favor of officially recognizing gay marriages for the first time, with priests now being empowered to give their blessings to such unions. Again, what they're saying is, God's word says it's wrong, but we're going to say it's right. The vote was overwhelmingly approved by the House of Bishops, which supported the measure by a margin of 36 to 4, with two members of the House abstaining from the vote. 
In the joint statement, the two most senior bishops in the church, Justin Welby and the Archbishop of Canterbury, Stephen Cottrell, uh, the Archbishop of New York said, it has been a long road to get us to this point. Yes, it has, and a long, sad road. I end this with a quote. For the first time, the Church of England will publicly, unreservedly, and joyfully welcome same-sex couples into the church. Let me say this. I think we should joyfully welcome anyone who's living apart from God into the church. They need Jesus Christ. But we cannot welcome the sin. We must speak the truth that they might be saved. Because the Bible says, if you live in sin, you cannot go to heaven. So this, it's a sad thing to me to see when the church says, the Bible says this is sin, but we're going to say that it's okay. The church is now responsible for the condemnation of souls, and God will hold them all accountable. Make sure you're not a part of that. wonder if the Bible had a vote. In their, uh, in that something. In their I just, the whole thing, Greg, is so sad to me because people look, two things. People look to their spiritual leaders to lead them spiritually. And secondly, a lot of people are looking for an out. Now you can grab that and say, look, I've got an excuse that it's okay. True love is this. Guys, listen. True love is telling people the truth so they can be reached for God. That's true love. True love is doing what gets them into heaven. The Bible says those who live this lifestyle, uh, this is First Corinthians chapter six. Those who live the same sex lifestyle will not inherit the kingdom of God. The Bible's clear. The question is, will you receive that and repent or not? It's not about not liking them or not loving them. Of course Jesus loves them. Of course we love them. Of course we want to welcome them into the church because they need to be reached. But we can't welcome them in saying the sin you're living in is okay. It's not. Is next saying, you know what, have all the adultery you want, and we're going to put an adultery blessing on everyone. We're going to put a lying blessing on everyone. We're going to put a stealing blessing on everyone. Every sin is before God keeps you from heaven. But we can't be blessing sin. We have to be preaching against it to lead people to salvation in Christ and his death on the cross. AP News, Pastor's View, sermons written by Chat GP. PT will have no soul. No kidding. Yeah, I want to just read a little of this and yeah. talk for a second, Greg. This is huge. Among sermon writers, there's a fascination and unease over the fast-expanding abilities of artificial intelligence chatbots. This is new site where you can go and tell an artificial intelligence to write any kind of paper you want or any kind of research, and they do it for you. Now these guys are saying, well, we're going to ask them to put together uh, teachings. He said, we can do this for actual preaching. But I quote, it lacks a soul. I don't know how else to say it, said uh, Herschel York, a pastor in Kentucky, who is also a dean of the School of Theology and a professor of Christian preaching at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. The bottom line they're saying is, look, you can get this thing to write maybe a factual sermon and look at history, but there's no soul, there's no spirit to it. And Greg, here's another thing that's concerning. Some of the false accusations against the Bible and history are now being programmed into this stuff. In other words, where they say, oh, there's mistakes in the Bible. There's mistakes in this. History shows us this. It's a lie. History doesn't show us that. No, there are mistakes in the Bible. But if you get them to write this thing, it's going to cause people's faith to go, well, this is a smart machine. It gave all the facts, and the facts show the Bible's not true. No, it's man programming these things into it, people taking it. This is going to be a huge thing. The Bible says in the last days there'll be a falling away. Greg, this may be a part of the falling away. Pastors, believers, listen to me. You don't need AI intelligence. You need the Holy Spirit and your own intelligence to write down your messages and let God speak to you what he has for the people of God. This is going to be a a horrible thing for the church. Well, the Bible is AI, Pastor Mark. It's always inspired. There you go. I like like it. You like like that? Yes, I do. That's very good. Feel free to use that. I will. Always inspired AI. In your next teaching. Yes. Okay, let's get to some weird news. Uh, Wow. CNN. A study suggests that Earth's inner core may have stopped turning and could go into reverse. Yeah, this is wild. Uh, the, let me read some of this and talk, explain the, Earth, the, Earth, the rotation of the Earth's inner core. It's more li- it's a liquid. May have paused 
<laughs> and could even be going into reverse. How they figure New- this stuff out. Yeah, well, here's how. It says the earth, the earth is formed of a crust. The mantle is the outer and the inner. You have two different ones there. 3,200 miles below the Earth's crust is separated from a semi-solid mantle by liquid outer core, which allows the inner core to rotate at a different speed from the rotation of the Earth itself. With a radius of almost 2,200 miles, Earth's core is about the size of Mars, consists mostly of iron and nickel, contains about one-third uh, uh, of the Earth's mass. Now, in a research published here on Monday, the associate research scientists of Peking University uh, studied seismic waves from earthquakes that have passed through the Earth's inner core, along mm. with similar paths in the 60s. So they were able to take those sound waves and see what the inner core is doing. They said they Amazing. found that since 2009, seismic records have showed that there that there's, there was very little difference up to 2009. Everything was spinning at different rates. It says now we've noticed with the new seismic, uh, seismology, it has stopped. We show surprising observations that indicate the inner core has nearly ceased its rotation. They say, what does this mean? A couple things quick, because I know we have another article. But here's yeah. a, it, this one ends, Greg, by saying there's nothing cataclysmic here. It's not going like, to kill us, and the Earth's not going to go into whatever. But here's the bottom line. It didn't totally stop. It's now, it's now rotating with the Earth rather than doing something different. It was doing something different. It's just kind of stopped into what, what it was doing and backing up. But what it is doing, it's shifting around the, the, the gravitational uh, uh, situation of the Earth. What's happening is it's changing our GPS coordinates. They're having to readjust GPS coordinates now because it doesn't read the same because of what's going on the Earth. So it's not just the seismic that shows it. They're showing it on our GPSs, which means, look how important this is. Our bombs, our missiles, the world's military is based on GPS coordinates. Those are now changing, and they have to adjust it to make sure they keep it in the right place. If that gets off a little bit, that can get really weird during a war. That could be very interesting. But, again, that's why maybe your GPS doesn't take you to grandma's. It takes you to somebody on the other side of town because it's messing with GPS readings as well. Or it could mess up your airplane on your flight to Hawaii. So good luck with that. There you go. (laughs) Wall Street Journal, as mystery objects get shot down, the U.S. is setting up a new task force on UFOs. I think this is prophetic. It is. You know, let me just say this. They're looking for UFOs. I'm going to do this verbally, and we'll finish up because of time here. The bottom line is, Greg, they're putting together more committees talking about UFOs. Remember we said, if you said this 30 years ago, you'd be called a conspiracy theorist. Yes, you would. Now the government is saying UFOs are real. (laughs) I know they're saying these three things that were shot down are not UFOs, but behind the scenes they're saying we do think there are UFOs. And I believe here's what's going on. Believers, listen up. I, I do not believe in aliens from other planets. That's a whole. don't have time to develop that today. But let me just say this. I do believe you're going to see some strange, supernatural phenomena in the last days that Satan is going to use and the fallen angels, which I think is what's going on with some of this stuff. I'm not saying these three that were shot down were Satan and the fallen angels. I think they're going to be explained. Right. But I do believe some of the stuff is real. Some of it is. But it's not aliens. It is extraterrestrial, but is, that means outside the earth, but it is Satan and the demonic realm. I believe they're going to be using this to deceive people in the last days. The Bible says even the elect will be deceived if possible. But listen to me, believer. Don't be deceived. Keep your eyes on the Bible. Keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. And if you're hearing this today and you don't know Jesus Christ, you're going to be deceived. Mm. Unless you turn to Jesus Christ, ask his forgiveness, believe in his blood on the cross, and then give your life to him because that's the only way your eyes are going to be opened. And and I encourage you to do that even now. You're going to be a part of those that are deceived in the last days. And I believe this is going to be used 
as a demonic deception, and now it's being accepted even by the government of America that these things are real. So keep your eyes open for this demonic deception. Don't buy into it. Keep your eyes on the Word of God. We were warned these things would happen, and here they go. So again, very interesting, Greg, to watch this all unfold. It's only going to get more interesting as we head into the last days. Yes, it is. Well, we have run out of time today. Another reason why we would love for this to be a podcast turning into a broadcast, uh, because we did not get a chance to talk about our Good News article from Faithwire. So we always invite you to visit thewaymedia.net, click on Signs of the Times, and get into the podcast episode where we post the articles that we discuss. And this article will be the last article in the stack. We encourage you to read it because there still is good news going on because we have the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, have a great weekend. Make sure you're in church. Love the Lord, Amen. loving your brothers and sisters in Amen. Christ. And we'll be back next Friday for more Signs of the Times right here on WIAM. Oh.